What does it take for you to be great? Keep it a hundred, bro, you know the answer. Pursuing your purpose, creating profits, building legacy. Anything less, how could you even fathom? Just sit back and imagine all that can truly happen when you pursue your passions. Yeah. So eliminate distractions and get back to that action. That's the law of attraction. You gotta build a team to build a dream. Family, faith, and focus, counsel can only build a king. Are you prepared to reign? Cause whether you weather the weather, the weather won't change. Uh, whether you weather the weather, your weather won't change. Uh, say true to the vision. Say true to the mission. Gotta get to the finish. Take a moment to listen. And come and see it through our eyes. We'll show you what it means to live uncompromised. We're uncompromised. 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 And every time I hear that song, just, ah, uh, yes. I mean, the lyrics, the video, like, yeah, not for nothing, but that's pretty dope. And that boy was writing. That boy was yes, writing. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> what is good, uncompromising entrepreneurs? Uh, this is another live session of Cold Brew and Convos with your uncompromising coaches. Uh, I didn't have my cold brew this evening. I did have a cup of coffee in one of my favorite mugs, my Superman mug. Um, <laughs> but we had such a robust pre, <laughs> pre-pod conversation that I've already drank all my coffee. Same. Um, I ain't got none but uh, ice cubes left. Yeah. It's not even like the good ones at like um, Brooklyn Water Bagel, you know, where like they have the ice mm. cube made out of the coffee. So like it melts, you get more coffee. This is just yeah. like regular refrigerator ice just refrigerated ice that's it so it is what uh, it yeah but we are back live uh, again for our uncompromising entrepreneurs in our facebook group we're not on instagram right now this is just for y'all i see that we got somebody joining us thank you uh for clicking on that button and joining us this evening um it is wednesday so you know what that means uh the latest episode of the uncompromising entrepreneur podcast has dropped to day uh episode 58 which is entitled <laughs> stefan jobs and phantasma <laughs> and phantasma yes uh <laughs> you gotta listen to it we uh it's the intro that sets it up we talk about some tech difficulties i talk about um the work i've been doing uh on behalf of not just getting my setup right for us to record that day but also um the work that we're doing with the uncompromising entrepreneur coaching group uh and the uncompromising coaching app um mm -hmm. again 
more information coming for our broader community, but our alpha test participants right now are going through our coaching programs there and giving us feedback. But um, yeah, it just takes a lot of work. So uh, all of that grinding and putting work together and figuring out the tech stuff and encryption keys and you know building out the apps and signing up for developer accounts and all that stuff that I had to do. At the end of the day, I felt like Stefan Jobs. I felt like the Black Sea Jobs. And uh, Jimmy just happened to be coming off of a fresh cut from Barbara Jazz. Yeah, I'm a, little, I'm a little scraggly right now, so I need to shave up. But yes. Got a running bike. Uh, but coming off that fresh cut, and my man had you know his ghost power Puerto beer Rican going ghost. on at Puerto Rican <laughs> Ghost. So, you know, that's Fantasma. <laughs> so uh, definitely check it out because not just all jokes. It's definitely edutainment. So we followed up with... Uh, talking to uh, our uncompromising entrepreneur listeners about the difference between being a solopreneur and an entrepreneur. We started this larger series on solopreneurship and what does that mean? And then we really break down some some benefits to being a mm -hmm. solopreneur and even explore how being a solopreneur may actually be the real first step you have to take on your journey to entrepreneurship, right? How can you start to establish your reputation, start to establish some semblance of brand and credibility, but more importantly, monetize your skill sets today mm -hmm. so that you can eventually build and invest in your entrepreneurship, your entrepreneurial endeavor tomorrow. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, please make sure that you do so. <clears throat> uh, any, you know, any love that we can get is greatly appreciated. Make sure you comment, like, subscribe, tweet, retweet, TikTok it, make a dance to it. We don't care. All of that stuff. Do Whatever it. you can do in order to support, we appreciate it. And um, this is extremely um, important because we are inching ever so close. We are less than mm. 100 downloads away from hitting the 10,000 download mark, 10,000 downloads. Um, this would be a huge milestone for us, for our community. And if you want to help contribute to that, Make sure that you check out the latest episode of the Uncompromising Entrepreneur podcast. Again, episode 58 titled Stefan Jobs and Phantasma. Yes. <laughs> uh, not honestly, I mean, you know, both of us re listened to it uh, earlier this morning as it dropped on all major podcast platforms. Uh, and it, it really is a good episode. Um, definitely, uh, you know, just happy with our continued growth and yeah, how we just continue to drop some golden nuggets, man. Uh, again, especially for folks uh, that find themselves maybe in that category as a solopreneur. And as Devon mentioned, this is really the beginning of our series on solopreneur success. Uh, and I will be the focus for um, at least through, throughout September uh, on that particular topic. So definitely um, you're not going to want to miss the episode that just dropped and the future episodes that we have coming out. Uh, and the vidcast will be dropping tomorrow. So the audio version dropped today and the vidcast for our most recent episode will be dropping tomorrow, um, which that also kind of, you know, help to to spark uh our interest and, and what we wanted to discuss today um as we continue to to take a deep dive and learn more and research uh about solopreneurship we came across some information that was intriguing to us and we figured hey we want to jump on here as we normally do for our cold brew and convos and and break down some some tips and some advice uh for our solopreneurs out there yeah absolutely i mean yeah, i know our uh, uncompromising entrepreneur listeners <clears throat> excuse me 
Uh, I've heard her say this, you know, plenty of times, but, you know, we know that earners, earners are learners. And so that means you're consuming information in a multitude of ways, whether it be podcasts, internet, television, all that stuff. And if you've been like even, um, you know, slightly plugged into what's going on in the news as far as the economy is concerned. One of the things that's clear is that especially this year and you know even over the past you know 12 months or so going into last year, there's just a lot of uncertainty and change that's happening in the uh, the economy um, <clears throat> in terms of the marketplace and you know as you know the pandemic continues to go through its next evolution and we're still you know dealing with uh, <clears throat> infection rates and you know hot spots and what does that mean for businesses and then now you know, you have a lot of states and municipalities that are operating kind of in this limbo area and while we're not here to talk about kind of the health topics that are associated mm -hmm. with that we want to really spotlight what does that mean for you as an entrepreneur a solopreneur small business owner to have to navigate that to have mm -hmm. to navigate a set of rules that exist today that may be totally different tomorrow and what does that mean for my business and how I'm doing business or what plan that I've been able to lay out? And so we naturally thought about one of the biggest skill sets that you can have as an entrepreneur or solopreneur is the ability to be agile, the ability mm -hmm. to be nimble, to pivot quickly. And again, us doing our diligence, we know that this is not something that you have to figure out on your own because there are proven examples and models that you can follow in order to really unlock your ability as a solopreneur to be nimble. And so that's what we want to share with um, our listeners on this episode of the Cold Brew and Combos is really advice from you know successful six and seven figure entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that have broken down their system and their habits and what they incorporate within their own businesses in order to ensure that they're able to stay nimble for now. Right, staying nimble for the now while you're still mm -hmm. working towards the later or what your broader vision is for your business. And so we want to be breaking that down. We want to break that down for our listeners, share those tips, you know, share the good news, have a discussion, and set the table for what will be future episodes of the podcast as we really start to deep dive into um, some more focused topics around solopreneurship. Um, you know, what it takes in order to overcome challenges, how to be successful, um, side, you know, side gigs, gigs that you can turn into solopreneurship endeavors, things like that. Um, so, yeah, um, hopefully uh, you guys find a lot of value in what we're about to break down and share as we start mm -hmm. getting into this content. So let's start with the very first bit of advice we have for solopreneurs that are looking to stay nimble now, um, and that is to be objective, be objective. <clears throat> One of the things that's important to keep your business thriving in today's environment, besides taking a serious amount of just commitment and energy and focus when it comes to managing your business as a solopreneur, as an entrepreneur, it's also important that you are able to take a sober look at your mm -hmm. business and decide if you're truly up for what it takes in order to continue to be successful. Um, and that means being able to almost um you know disconnect yourself from that ego that says well this was my idea like maybe i'm pursuing a certain path for my business and maybe when the you know the epiphany struck me um i felt like this is the greatest idea ever invented like this is you know my version of the iphone 
right? And I'm a, I need to bottle it and run with it. All right, cool, fine. But now that you're in the marketplace and maybe circumstances have changed, maybe you're not seeing the success that you've been able to see, you have to be able to be objective enough to take a step back and assess, am I executing the right strategy here? Mm -hmm. What is my long-term goal? What is my long-term goal? Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't throw in a little bit of sports because you know we got kickoff on the official NFL season right around a corner. Yes, sir. And we're ready to watch, right? But you can come into your game with a clear a clear game plan that says, man, we are going to run the ball. We're going to pound it down their throats. That's what we're going to do. I got. I feel like one of the best running backs in the league. <clears throat> Bar none, we got this. You know, first series out, running back gets hurt. Right, you no longer have the best running back in the league. Now you got, you know, a rookie who hasn't really uh, had that much mileage on them. They don't really know all the plays. Do you double down on your commitment to run the ball, or do you now need to pivot and take an objective um, step back and say, "Hey, I had this game plan, but the environment, the circumstances have changed, and now how do I put myself in a position to achieve what is my ultimate goal?" Because it doesn't matter if we run for four hundred yards or we have to throw for four hundred yards. The end goal is I need to get the W. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter if we have to score 40 points or if we only score three points. As long as I get the W, I've achieved my end goal. And so being able to stay objective as a solopreneur and entrepreneur is critical to say, hey, what is it going to take for me to get the W? Even if that means objectively what I thought was the best thing since sliced bread needs to be thrown in the trash and I need to pivot here quickly. It's those who are so entrenched in their ego that they can't objectively assess what's going on in their business that often find themselves at a point of no return where the only answer is to go down with the ship. Mm -hmm. Because at this point, the opportunity to pivot has already passed because I doubled down on what was a bad idea because I couldn't be objective and separate my ego from it. So being objective is definitely one bit of advice um, that you know some successful solopreneurs have for other solopreneurs and entrepreneurs on how to stay nimble today. Yeah. When you say ego, I think about, you know, just getting out of your feelings and, and, and I, I get it as a solopreneur, hopefully like you've done that work, you know, your purpose, you know, the community, the tribe that you're looking to serve. And, and there's a connection, there's a passion that you have for what you're doing. Uh, and sometimes those feelings that you have may may put you in a, in a space where you're continuing to push forward, but you're going down a path that inevitably is not going to be good for you financially and even good for your, for your customers and the clients that you're working with. So like you said, being able to, to do your best to remove some of that emotion and really take an objective look at where you're at, where do I need to pivot? What are some different things that I need to do? Yeah. I was, you know, maybe hell bent on this strategy and running the ball, but when I see that that doesn't work, I have to be able to, to look at it differently. And if that's a challenge for you, it's good to make sure you have the right people in your inner circle. Um, make sure that you have a coach, if that's going to be necessary as well, that can help you objectively take a look at your business. Uh, again, I think about a lot of the conversations that we've been having, you know, recently, and it's, it's evident that it's highly beneficial at times, uh, and especially if if you have a business that's been started and you've seen some success, but maybe you're in a place where you're you're kind of stuck at getting to that next level, is being able to have a fresh set of eyes on it, uh, and give you more of that objective look than maybe what you're able to give your business at that particular time. So uh, definitely number one, be objective, and, and then number two is really consider what 
is still viable. Um, and we talked a little bit about about it last week as well, right? Is is knowing knowing your financials and knowing your numbers and knowing what's working for you. Um, maybe you made a decision to to start to expand or to do something different, <clears throat> uh, but it's not necessarily going the way that you thought it would. But consider what is still viable. What have we been doing that has been showing us the success? And then let's stick with that. Uh, even in our conversation about um, fellow podcasters out there that are asking for advice and what they should do, like, why are you not looking at your numbers? Why are you not looking at your podcast, at your videos, at comments that your listeners and viewers have already provided you and considering what has been viable for you, what has worked? And then like, just double down on that. Uh, because this, there's proven data there that has shown us this has worked, um, and we need to stick with that. Yeah, sometimes the most, um, sometimes the most impactful um, accelerant for growth in your business mm -hmm. can just can simply be just data driven commitment. Like a lot of times, the reason why you may not be seeing the type of success that you want to see is because you haven't committed to a strategy, you haven't committed to a philosophy, you haven't committed to anything because you're not using the data that's in front of you. And so you've been dabbling in everything. And so you've mastered none of it. And you're not making any type of significant inroads. We, you know, our coaching clients have heard us talk about this plenty of times, right? But it's about getting from, <clears throat> it's, it's about getting, um, you know, uh, inch wide and a mile deep instead mm -hmm. of a mile wide and an inch, inch deep. deep yep. And sometimes, you know, we get caught up focused on being a mile wide. I'm doing everything, but only getting an inch deep. And we wonder why we haven't struck you know, oil yet, why we haven't struck liquid gold yet. Um, and so, again, being able to consider what's viable based off of the data is critically, critically important. Um, actually, you know, kind of talking about, you know, some of our coaching clients, we're actually engaging in the discussion right now uh, with one of our alpha test participants who is really going through the process right now of solidifying and establishing their brand. And they're doing a phenomenal job. Um, again, I'll shout, shout them out, Bladed Lux, uh, in terms of the initiative that he's taking to really say, hey, how do I stamp out my space and differentiate myself as a grooming professional, um, a grooming consultant? and not what other people consider barbers to be because i'm different and he mm -hmm. truly is in terms of his craft and his approach to his business uh and you know as a part of that you know he was looking at creating these curated boxes specifically for his clients client base that not only reflected his brand and what it, what it means to be a bladed luxury client and to get a bladed luxury experience um, right. But he also wanted to give them, equip them with a kit, a suite of tools that allows them to maintain their appearance and their kind of their grooming outside of his presence. Because that's when you really get into that con that consultant space. Again, mm -hmm. not not uh, preaching to you guys specifically because y'all aren't building the business, but just kind of elaborating to you on why that's important. So as we were having that, and he's doing the pricing and sizing what it will be. And we're going through the exercise. We're talking about price points, margins, all that stuff. You know, he had an idea and he's like, Hey, in order to do it this way, it's going to cost me X amount of dollars based off of that. And based off of my book of business and what I'm setting aside in order to invest in the business, plus my other costs, I'll be able to achieve this specific product that I can add into the box within the next four months. And so I said, okay. Um, I said, well, one of the things I want to challenge you on is 
what's viable now? Like I get what the big vision is maybe for this specific product. Is there, is there a way that you can accomplish or have the same impact, but reduce the, the ramp time? Mm-hmm. Because what's important is establishing your brand as quickly as possible and you know doing it impactfully. So you have that intersection, right, of doing it right, but also executing quickly too, right? Because you don't want to wait two years from now in order to try and, all right, I'm finally ready to launch and do all the things that I got to do because you know, obviously, you know, you just had 24 months that passed. How do we get you to the point where what you're offering is differentiated and it's impactful, but it's also ramped, ramped quickly. So what's viable? How can we scale this down where the cost, the cost decelerates the amount of time you need to ramp, but it's still a differentiated experience. And so that comes back to using data and thinking about what the experience you, you want to have and what's really viable at the end of the day. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, if you had the ability of additional resources and you could, you know, manage the manufacturing yourself and accelerate time, then yeah, maybe that first option is viable. But today it's not because mm-hmm. you don't have this and you don't have this and you have this and you have this and you also have time working against you here. Um, and so how do we how do we split the difference and get a differentiated experience, but do it quickly? What is viable today? So um, I think that's a, a really, really important call out for our solopreneurs. Yes, yeah, so we slide into number three yep. uh, and, and prov- continuing to provide uh, just some advice on tips for our solopreneurs on uh, what Javon just said. How do you stay nimble, especially in this day and age today? Um, the third thing is expanding into into new and different markets. Yeah. So uh, in order to be able to identify the right market, to expand into and you know what's a good play or what's a good opportunity, you have to definitely be objective first and foremost. Um, you can't be a hell bent on one strategy and like mm-hmm. kind of close minded to everything else that's out there. But you also have to have clarity and purpose and ultimately what you what are you trying to achieve with your business? Um, and again, this takes me back to another conversation we had with another client uh, who is a real estate broker out in um, you know uh, Massachusetts has you know been successful for, you know for six years or so and starting to look at ways that they can you know kind of diversify their revenue streams. Uh, and as we were having conversations with him, you know, one of the things that we were bringing to his attention is, well, what has changed about the market? Like you, you study this, you know what you mastered it. What has changed? What are, what are you, what shifts are you noticing in the market? Well, obviously people know housing prices are up. We also know that rental prices are up proportionate. We know that in certain areas, um, the folks that are buying, the folks that are buying are buying well over the appraisal value. This one, so that's limiting the number of folks, especially first-time home buyers that are entering the space. So a lot of folks don't have the capital to be able to close that gap between the appraisal value and the the actual selling price. Mm-hmm. And so now you have more folks that are moving into this rental space. And this person specifically, they cut their teeth as a realtor um, and with their brokerage firm operating in the the real the rental space and then eventually moving over to um sales right moving into sales well we were able to challenge them on the thought process of well how can you leverage some of the expertise that you've already built out in the rental space of connecting tenants with places homes and apartments and that network that you had to build early on in order to find the right people and now tool it retool it and weaponize it for this market, because now you know that there are a lot of people that are either looking to rent their properties and they want property management services and people that are looking to get placement into homes now. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that could be a new market that you expand into that has very little overhead that allows you to leverage the existing infrastructure and tools that you have at your disposal that you're not monetizing today. You already have the relationships. You already know who you need to reach out to if you ever needed to address plumbing issues or landscaping issues or painting or anything like that for when you need to prep a house to be sold. Well, you can weaponize that and use those same arsenal of people to help you out with building out this property management business. And now you were talking about passive income. Right. You're talking about passive income. You're talking about um, you know earning anywhere from eight to ten percent of every single rental property that's under your purview as a property manager. And so, being able to expand into new markets is important too, especially now because there's there's a there's a space for it. you have businesses today that traditionally were not digital at all. That the pandemic hit and they said, "Oh, we ain't got no choice but to figure out how to be digital." Mm-hmm. Right. We got expanded to a whole new market that wasn't on our five year roadmap. We never even thought that that was going to be a part of our long term growth strategy because it didn't fit into our culture. Well, you know, the environment circumstances said, well, damn your culture. This is this is the circumstance. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to not play in this space? Or are you going to figure out how to play in this space and still preserve your culture whilst playing in this space? And obviously the money side of the equation will make you do the algebra to get to to whatever variable you need to to make sure that you you hit that number and so people were figuring it out so if big businesses are doing this you absolutely have to be able to do the same thing um as a solopreneur as an entrepreneur as a small business owner is think about different markets that you can expand into with little investment um namely how do you you know um, monetize weaponize the existing infrastructure that you may have and unlock a new opportunity to make money off of it. There's a bunch of different ways to do that. Yeah, for sure. I like what you said about, you know, just where we're at in this digital age, because that's what I was thinking about too, right? I mean, there's something to be said about dominating your local market. And it depends on what your your product or services are. Uh, if you're providing uh, coaching services, if you're doing some type of drop shipping, if you have a website where you're selling products, the the very awesome thing about what is available to us today is as long as I know, again, my purpose, what I'm doing, who that tribe is, there's going to be people in Mexico. There's going to be people in Australia and specifically for us. Like we know that we have listeners and viewers in over 30 countries around the world. Right. So when I think about something like Facebook or, or Google ads um, and your ability to really hone in, and maybe I, I changed the message up a little bit for, this audience that I'm trying to expand to, this market that I'm trying to expand to in Australia as opposed to Mexico. But those things are easy. And you can Google how to do that. And it's going to give you the game plan on how I, you know, how do I create Facebook ads for this? You know what I mean? Or for this particular market and that that group of individuals uh, and that group of people. So the ability to expand into new markets is really not as difficult as it may have been in the past, again, depending on what uh, product and services you offer, especially in this digital age. And we think yeah. about Instagram, Facebook, they make it very, very easy to pinpoint your marketing into these different groups and these different yeah. markets. No, I love, I actually love that, you know, that point specifically that you're calling out, right? Because you even flipped it and took it to a different direction of, well, you don't necessarily have to, you know, introduce a new um, you know, sales channel or product, mm-hmm. you can figure out ways you expand on the existing product that you have. Like if I know 
how to sell purses effectively. I figured out my model for selling purses in the United States. What's preventing me from taking that same model and now expanding into Canada, now expanding into Mexico? Naya, the parts of the variable may change, but at least I know the equation, right? Like mm -hmm. when you know what the equation is, I can solve for X, I can solve for Y, all right? My shipping cost is a little bit different. What does that do to my margins? How do I adjust my pricing in order to account for that? How do I change uh, my cancellation policy? Do I have something specific to international? Is there a premium on the shipping in international? It, do I need to build out a separate website just for this international so that there's no confusion mm. in the branding and I can have these differentiated experiences, one that's very unique to Canada, one that's very unique to Mexico, one that's very unique to the States because I'm dealing with different type of customers, but I don't have to figure out my my product like the fundamentals of my product selling a purse is selling a purse is selling a purse so i can just spend my time figuring out the other variables i think that's a really really dope call out man about ways to expand it in new markets yeah for sure i appreciate that yeah that additional info you you provided as well uh so number four is is looking for new ways to automate your business or maybe even taking advantage of ways that you already have to automate certain things but you're just not again truly taking advantage of these different tools and opportunities that you have especially for a solopreneur in order to to make life as simple as possible on you and especially so again Pareto's principle 80 20 rule you can focus on that 20 percent that's going to get you 80 percent of the results having automation in your business is going to allow you to do that um whether um we're, we'll get to the obviously the fifth point and kind of talk about email marketing and things of that nature uh, and making the most of the list that you have, but automating emails, automating um, your, your intake process, whether you know you have funnels on your website that gets people into your funnel, that gets them onto your email list. There's just so many different ways to automate different uh, parts of your business. Doing your best to take advantage of that is, again, is only going to make things easier for you along the way. Yeah, absolutely. Like the way we look at it, um, and you know, we've shared this with a couple of our coaching clients is the the more things that require um, you to touch means the more things that occupy your time. Mm -hmm. And the key to being able to effectively scale your business is being able to focus on the the area that truly only requires your level of expertise. Like if what I do effectively is um you know, the most effective, the, the thing that I do better than anybody else in the world is this specific stitch, this stitch, everything it takes to secure somebody that needs to be stitched to the outtake process doesn't need to involve my expertise. I need to be able to figure out ways to automate that so I can spend more time doing exactly what I do well. Um, funny enough, I actually... I had a family member um, who recently uh, you know, had to go in for a procedure and mm -hmm. they were talking to to us about like, how did you identify this person um, to be able to do this procedure? And they were like, oh, this person is considered like one of the top three in the in the nation at this specific procedure. Um, and I was like, OK, well, you know, what is that experience like? Like I had the initial consult. Right. So I had intake with their other folks. I had the, the like final consult with them where they looked at it and said, yeah, I can do it. That probably lasted maybe about 20, 30 minutes. And then mm -hmm. he said, I never saw him again. Cause the next time that I saw him, like I was in the operating room, I was in the operating room. They did the procedure. 
They didn't even handle my discharge or anything like that. And this person would have made them an expert um, in their field as a doctor doing this procedure is that they were doing anywhere from, you know, uh, 15 to 20 of these procedures a day. Now you got to think to yourself, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do they put themselves in a position where they can do this 15 to 20 times a day with different people and be able to give it the attention that it deserves very easy. They automated the rest of the processes that don't require their expertise. I'm the best in the world at this stitch, this cut, this, um, and, you know, this stitch, this cut, this incision and being done. That is what I do better than anybody else. Mm. The intake process, the discharge process, the processing, the paperwork, the insurance. I don't deal with none of that. I automate those components or I outsource those components. And that frees me up to do what I do better than anybody else in the world. So as an entrepreneur or solopreneur, if you find that a lot of your time is being sucked up doing things that could probably very well be automated. And so it's keeping you from doing what you do better than anybody else in the world. You need to find ways to automate. You need to make that investment. That $100, that $200 that you've been holding off on getting an, an assistant or finding somebody to, to br uh, bring on board and help you out or identifying a partner, whatever that may be, that $100, $200 investment may be the key to unlocking your ability to take on two or three more jobs a week, which could end up netting you, you know, $1,500, $2,000, $2,500 in top line revenue. So it was well worth it. It paid mm -hmm. for itself 10 times over. So that's why you have to challenge yourself. You really have to take a step back and assess your process and say, is there areas where I can automate some of this so that it doesn't involve my, my time, me touching, so I can spend my time doing what I do better than anybody else in the world. And that's this specific thing, which is my purpose. Yes, sir. So the last one here um, to round out the advice are five bits of advice for solopreneurs on being able to stay nimble today um, is to make the most of your mailing list, make the most of your mailing list. And you can edit mailing lists and even say, you know, your, your contacts or your, your connections, your connection list. Um, but really what it comes down to is, are you properly working and um, nurturing the connections and the relationships that you have today? Um, and funny enough, we literally were recently having this conversation uh, with another coaching client where, you know, they're talking about, hey, I'm on this pathway of trying to figure out how do I accelerate my 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 top line revenue growth year over year. We had a really good year last year, but I got to do better. I got to keep this trajectory going for the things that I have planned. But obviously, some of the things have changed. Demand has died down a little bit. Things are changing in the marketplace. And so um, I'm trying to figure out how do I fix my marketing component so I can get more top, you know, like top of funnel leads. And the first question that came to mind for Jimmy and myself is, okay, well, the relationships and the partnerships that you entered into last year where you had success, have you talked to them? Have you engaged in them about, you know, the next business opportunity they have or staying in touch or nurturing that relationship? Oh, well, you know, no, not effectively. Okay. That's one opportunity, right? Because um, you look at it um, and there's a billion different articles out there to support this. But if anybody's been in any sense of business for any iota order of time, you know that it costs way less to keep a customer in mm -hmm. a relationship than it does to acquire a new one. 
because you don't know what's going to be the return of your efforts, right? I can cast that net. I can put information out there. I can invest in this marketing blitz, Facebook campaign, da, 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 da. And that may get people to the top of my funnel, but then now I have to work them to get them to the point where I can monetize. But if somebody has decided, excuse me, if somebody has decided to do business with me before and I followed up to nurture that relationship, to make sure it was a good experience, I got confirmation it was a good experience, then I've established some type of reputation, some type of trust where I should be able to come back to that well again and tap it again, right? For the next opportunity. And sometimes the sale that we have the most challenge as entrepreneurs and solopreneurs asking for is the next sale from the one we just closed. Like you got to think about these relationships that you have with your customers. These are not one and done. It's not just a, all right, I was able to, you know, get a transaction, get an experience right now and that's it. And you know, hopefully you come back around, mm. right? If it meets your needs, if you know that this person has bought into your experience, they know what the experience is like with you. We shouldn't be afraid to double back and get commitments on. Well, when's the next time? You know, when's the next time that um, you need work done? Are you? Do you have anything that you're considering right now? I want you to keep me in mind and keep the conversation going. Um, and when we talk about you know keeping the conversation going, and you know, I know Jimmy's a firm believer in this. You don't have to be a content creation genius in order to effectively manage or make the most out of your mailing list or your contact list. It's about just being intentional about having the keeping the conversation. So not just hitting people up when you have something to sell, but how do you continue to establish yourself in, as an expert in this space by educating? How do you continue to establish yourself um, and your brand by um, highlighting your, your brand and who you are and sharing your story? So that people keep you top of mind so that when that need does arise, you know, I just seen something from Jimmy the other day. He was telling me that I did use him before. I'm going to double back. I need a quote on this now or I need to, you know, see, uh, you know, Devon again for, you know, for a cut. I just found a new barber. He's the first time he did a great job. It's a great experience. But I need to come back. I need to schedule again. Like we can't be afraid of that. So it's really about how do you nurture and make the most out of the contacts and the relationships and the sales you've been able to generate so far so that you can continue to grow, repeat business and sustain that customer at the same time, you know, um, uh, at the same time, simultaneously growing your brand, because now these people that have worked with you multiple times become evangelists. They start to tell people, mm -hmm. hey, who did you? Where did you go? Hey, do you know somebody who could? Right. And you're top of mind because they didn't use you once. They used you twice. They're telling people the good news. I mean, that's another way that costs you nothing, relatively nothing from a marketing perspective, but gives you the biggest return on your investment because the conversion is high. Yeah, they it's been said for a long time. And as time has progressed, I think it's changed a little bit. But you know, one thing that I've always heard marketers and people in the industry say that the most valuable thing that you could have is your list, specifically your email list, right? Because you can have thousands of people in your Facebook group. You might have thousands of, of followers on Instagram or whatever, you know, YouTube. That could all shut down. You don't own YouTube. You don't own Facebook. You don't own Instagram. Uh, but if you no longer have access to these different platforms where you're connecting, they cannot take away your contact, your email list. So to, to, to circle back around, the first thing I would say is make sure you have an email list. Like, hmm. Do you have ways to actually secure your tribe's information? Um, 
depending on how big you know that that number is and how big the list is, uh, you can still sign up for a number of email uh, service providers for free um, that will give you 500, maybe even a thousand contacts without having to pay anything. Um, and while the numbers have definitely decreased over the years as far as open rates, some of the top marketers, because I follow a lot of people, I'm on a lot of different email lists, <laughs> they still email people. Now, they're doing a whole bunch of other things in social media and other ways, but they are still emailing people. Um, and it's just such a valuable tool, especially if you're more introverted. Um, it's just a, another method for you to, as Devon was saying, share your story with them, share what's going on uh, with you and your company and your brand or other uh, clients and customers that you're helping and sharing some of their story and their success stories uh, based on what you provide, being able to have that medium to share those experiences with them. Uh, or maybe you have a podcast and in your email, hey, this episode just released, go check it out. So it's just a, a very um, effective way at being able to remind people, to educate people, to, to provide you know some form of entertainment and storytelling along the way. And then when you have a new product, if you have a new listing, if you have a new course coming out, a new app, whatever it is, then you can throw in some of that marketing stuff, which they're going to be fine with because they know that when I open this email, it's going to be something intriguing. It's going to be something I'm going to learn from, or maybe gives me a quick laugh. Uh, and then, yeah, there'll be some occasional, you know, marketing, Hey, we have something for you. Um, but they're going to be okay with that because you're establishing that trust along the way with that email list. And again, if everything else shuts down, people can't take that away from you. As long as you had that email list, you're going to have a way to be able to contact that group. Um, and what's really cool, man, you know, throughout my years of different businesses and different ventures, uh, not everybody, but there are certain parts of the list that I've grown that I know I can still contact because even if it's a different product or a different business, it's the trust and the brand that I've been able to establish that they still trust in. And man, if Jimmy got something, oh, he has a podcast at all, he's doing his coaching. Well, maybe I need that. Or maybe I know somebody who needs those services. I know I can trust him. He's been a one with everything he's done up until this point. I'm going to make sure that I continue to follow him down this path that he's going down now. Um, so it's just super valuable. Uh, and again, very low cost to be able to have your email list and to, to reach out to market and to continue to build that relationship and nurture that relationship with your list. Oh, well said, man. I mean, if anybody's still out there doubting the value of the email list or the contact information, like it's very simple. Just look around you. Every major business corporation is finding as many different ways as they can get that information out of you. Um, you have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have all of these social media platforms that are multi-billion and almost trillion dollar entities mm -hmm. and they don't sell you really a thing. And it's because the data, the contact information is what's so valuable because it can monetize that in a litany of ways. Mm -hmm. And so the blueprint is there. Like Jimmy said, all of these platforms, since you don't own them, they can be shut down tomorrow. And if you are relying solely on those platforms to maintain your database of customers and contacts, you are at the mercy of the um, the your I, your I, your internet provider um, and uh, whoever is hosting or whatever servers is on. So you have to be able to build out your own Rolodex, your own um, contact list so that you can then take it to you, take it with you and nurture it 
for whatever ventures you decide to expand into. Um, mm-hmm. The mailing list that Jimmy's talking about has paid dividends for us, even in our our startup and launch because of some prior entities that we've had and stuff like that. We were able to take that same list and share the good news that, hey, this is what we're doing now. All of these things, mm-hmm. that we, you know, the journey you were on with us from before, this is what it has evolved into and this is what we're doing now. That definitely gave us a leg up and a head start on what we've been able to build here with our business. And so, um, we're not sharing with you something that we haven't practiced ourselves or understand the intrinsic value on. So we want to make sure we give it to you too. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, so there you have it to our uncompromising solopreneurs out there, uh, five bits and pieces of advice that are going to help you to stay nimble, uh, today now in this day and age, especially with everything that has gone on in our country and economy and is, is still going on to this day. Uh, make sure that you're, you're doing your best to take the emotion out of it and be objective about your business and where you're at. Consider what's still viable for your business, expand into new markets, learn to diversify. That's where you're at as well. Look for ways to automate your work and make life simpler and easier for yourself and then make the most of your contact list. And if you don't have one, start to build it. Very simple. If you have a website, give something for free, whether it's an ebook, whether it's a video, uh, there's so many different pieces of, of content that you can provide and knowledge you can provide that um, the only thing they're going to you know, pay for that is their email address. But now once you have them in there, you get them into the funnel again, then you start your email marketing process uh, and continue to, to nurture that relationship and build that trust with that person. Um, it's all about getting people to know you, like you and trust you. Once they do that and you're connecting with your tribe and your tribe knows you, likes you and trusts you, everything else would be much simpler after that. Uh, so we hope that this was uh, very beneficial for our folks out there. Pay attention for next episode, which is going to be episode 59. So we are coming up on 10,000 downloads in our 60th episode very, very soon. Uh, but we're going to be talking about four ways that you can turn what is maybe your side hustle into your actual solopreneur business. Um, so that's going to be the next episode that we'll be launching next week uh, for the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast. Uh, so. To all of our folks, my man, always a pleasure. I love our, our Wednesday evening cold brews and convos Same, uh, and just giving us an opportunity to, to uh, catch up and chop it up a little bit. Uh, but again, to our, our listeners and our viewers out there, we appreciate y'all very, very much. Uh, again, make sure that you like uh, uh, the podcast itself leave us a comment leave us a review uh if you're one of our viewers that are catching the replay of this on our youtube channel make sure again that you like the video uh subscribe to the channel if you have not done so already we sincerely appreciate that and then engage leave us some comments let us know what you think about these five pieces of advice that we've provided uh we'd love to continue to engage with our tribe out there our uncompromising entrepreneurs so until next time y'all god bless and stay stay encouraged. encouraged We are out. You have just listened to the Uncompromising Entrepreneur Podcast, hosted by Jimmy Gonzalez and Devon Watts. Thank you. And we hope that you pursue your passion, create profits, and build a legacy. Until next time, y'all.